This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast on the Blood Red channel with me, Matt Addison. With the Champions League draw having taken place a couple of weeks or so ago, Liverpool now know that they will face Ajax, Atalanta and FC Michelin in the group stage, with the first of those matches coming tomorrow in the Netherlands. Liverpool were, of course, knocked out of the Champions League last season by Atletico Madrid at the last 16 stage, but were competition winners the year before that. To talk through their chances this season by assessing each of their biggest rivals for the big trophy, I'm delighted to have alongside me transfer guru and renowned journalist Fabrizio Romano. First of all, Fabrizio, the, the international transfer window has closed and I'm sure it's it's been another busy one for you. Yes, it was busy and it was also sometimes also crazy because it was really long, like four or five months. I don't remember because it started like in, in the start of June and we ended in October. So it was so long, uh, so complicated in some moments because it was with many unexpected moves. For example, I was not expecting Chelsea moving like this and, and many other things this summer just because with the virus something has changed. But but yes, it was it was absolutely good. Also with many moves, with many ideas, more than money, and and it was it was really good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the reason we've got you onto the podcast is to sort of go through each of the possible rivals that Liverpool will have to outlast in order to win the Champions League this season. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get straight to that. Obviously, the current champions, Bayern Munich, they're in a group with Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow and, and Red Bull Salzburg. I mean, I suppose the, the biggest story of the summer, perhaps, in terms of, of transfers was Thiago Alcantara to Liverpool from Bayern Munich. How much of a big deal do you think that was and, and how much weaker now do you think Bayern are because of that happening? Yeah, it was it was one of the craziest, I'm sure, just because in in June he was convinced to extend his contract with Bayern Munich. So he had a meeting with the board, with Bayern Munich president. He was joining the meeting just to sign his contract, and then he said, "Okay, give me 24 hours more. I want to think with my family." But on the day when he was expected to to extend his contract with Bayern Munich, so it was absolutely crazy and unexpected because we were expecting Thiago to extend his contract with Bayern Munich. It was absolutely ready to do it. Then he changed his mind, and I think it's been fantastic the work by Liverpool board, in particular by obviously Jurgen Klopp calling the player, trying to convince him to join Liverpool this summer, was really complicated because, you know, when a player is ready to sign his contract with Bayern Munich, and when you talk about Bayern Munich, you talk about not just a great team, but also a fantastic board, in my opinion. It's one of the most organised clubs in the world. So that's why it was really complicated to convince a player to move on from, from a, to Bayern Munich. But Liverpool has been fantastic in this way. And as I said, in particular, Jurgen Klopp convincing the player. And 24 hours after the meeting with Bayern Munich board, he immediately said, OK, I want to change. I decided with my family. I want a new chapter. So we had many rumours about Thiago, obviously, because, as we said, summer was so long. We had the Champions League during the window. So it was really complicated also to complete deals during the Champions League. But immediately after Liverpool signed the player, because apart of many rumours about Manchester United, about many other clubs, also Barcelona at the end of, of August, the only possibility for Thiago was, was, was Liverpool, because the player was absolutely convinced he wanted to join Liverpool. And, and that's it. And congrats to Liverpool, because in my opinion, this is the best deal of, of the year at the moment, absolutely. Yeah, he's a brilliant player, Thiago. And I suppose Bayern, without him, will perhaps struggling in that sort of department. They did sign Leroy Sané and Douglas Costa as well this summer. But, I mean, just in terms of addressing that balance, Liverpool didn't win the Champions League last season. Bayern Munich did. Do you think Thiago is a good enough player to sort of bridge that gap between the two teams? 
In my, in my opinion, yes, because Liverpool has a fantastic team, so they were just missing this kind of player, a top quality midfielder. We are talking about the top, top, top player all over the world, one of the best in the world. So signing this kind of player from Bayern Munich is perfect, just because you take a player from the best team in the world in this moment, you have him as a starter for Liverpool. So it was a perfect deal, in my opinion. Also about money, they they didn't spend so much. It was 25 million euro with a don't say this absolutely bargain, in my opinion, because the player is in another transfer market without the virus with. In normal conditions, you had to pay like 80 million euro or 90 million euro to sign Thiago Cantara. So it was really fantastic. And in my opinion, yes, Liverpool were missing this kind of player. Now they are perfect also with midfield. Now they, are, they have a fantastic team. And obviously Bayern Munich after winning everything all last season, not just Champions League, but also Bundesliga and more in this moment, it, would, it won't be easy to, to do it again. And I think Liverpool will be back also to try to win the Champions League. Atletico Madrid as well, also in that group with Bayern Munich. They knocked Liverpool out, of course, last season. They're not the most attractive side to watch at times, but they are a very, very effective team, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are a particular team. They are exactly what the manager wants. So they are really mirror of what you see from the from the work of Diego Simeone. Uh, they have a new mentality. In last years, they try also to bring some quality and not just fighting. So like signing players like uh, Joao Felix, also Luis Suarez. In my opinion, has been a fantastic deal this summer. Signing him for free is something crazy because we are still talking. Okay, he's not so young, but he's still one of the best strikers in the world. So they have a good team, in my opinion. They have to be a bit more calm because at the start of the season they had some complicated situation some not good results just because they were in my opinion also nervous about what was going to happen also in the transfer market because of Tomas because of the situation of Morata so many top players in also considered in many in many deals uh, we also had rumors about Oblak about Jimenez so they were a bit nervous at the start of the season now starts another chapter I'm convinced they will be back on their way with Simeone with a fantastic board too so I see Atletico Madrid having a good season in my opinion they are not at the same Liverpool Liverpool or Bayern Munich they are on a different level but we are talking of a, of a top team so it won't be easy in particular in Spain won't be easy to, to have the match against Atletico Madrid and if Liverpool were for example to draw Atletico Madrid again do you think somebody like Thiago could be a real influence on that tie in terms of changing it, in terms of being able to, to unlock a pack defence that maybe Liverpool struggled with last season. In my opinion, yes. Uh, your point is absolutely perfect. Just because having quality against these kind of teams that are used to, to, to fight, to win, they, they are really, as I said, the mentality of Simeone is absolutely the same for the team. So having a player like him, uh, it, would be, it would be really perfect to, to have something new, something more to, to, to play against teams like Atletico Madrid, who are, who are not the style of Liverpool. It's a totally different style. But when you have a player like Thiago, it's like two seconds to give the ball to Thiago and he can open something like spaces you don't have like minutes before. So having him is something really perfect. In my opinion, for the style for, for Liverpool, is different by Naby Keita, Gini Vinaldum, and also Fabinho himself. It's totally different. He's on another planet because he plays another way of football. And I hope he doesn't have any problem also because of injuries. He had some injuries. So let's hope for the player to stay fit and to be ready to, to change also something in Liverpool quality play. Yeah, Real Madrid, of course, in the, the same city in, in Madrid, in Spain. They're in with Inter, Borussia Mönchengladbach and, and Shakhtar Donetsk as well. And Real Madrid, I think, really interesting in the transfer market. They lost Gareth Bale. They lost James Rodriguez, Hakimi, Reguilon as well. They didn't buy anyone, though. Do you think that's obviously, I mean, obviously that's part of, of their financial troubles off the pitch. But do you think that's a problem for them heading into the Champions League? 
No, I think no. I don't expect any problem. I just think, as you say, that it was just a financial way, just because they had a lot of money lost because of the virus, as Alpo clubs, as for example, Manchester United and the same Barcelona. Also in Barcelona, they were talking about a revolution and without money, it's really difficult. And the same for Real Madrid. They decided to keep their team, their group. They decided to, to go with their players, to stay with their best players, with Zidane, considering their team as strong in this moment. In my opinion, the decision of selling players like Hakimi and Reguillon, in my personal opinion, is something crazy because we are talking about fantastic fullbacks. So it's really crazy to lose this kind of player just because, see the situation of Carvajal, he had an injury and you could have had a player like Hakimi now as a right back and you sold him. But they were needed money, so that's why they decided, okay, this summer let's sell players. Let's change on next summer, signing some new stars. So I expect Real Madrid on next summer to go for a top star. I don't know if Mbappé or Holland, this kind of player, we will see. But they will go for a top star. And this summer they said, OK, we had many, many players uh, sold because of the virus situation, of the crisis. But on next summer they will be back. Yeah, I mean, Real, they won the league title last season, but they were knocked out of, of Europe by Manchester City, of course, in the last 16. Does that make Europe perhaps a bigger priority for them this season? Because we know how much they value this competition. Yes, 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 but yes, absolutely, yes. They want to win the Champions League. They will be back with this mentality. And this is part of, of saying, OK, let's keep our team. Let's keep our top players, not selling our important players, but just players who are not involved in the first team because Reguillon and Kimi were not involved in the last season with, with the team. In particular, Gareth Bale was something different because Real Madrid were trying to, to sell him by many years, but was always the player to say, no, I won't move, I won't move. So it was something new this summer to see Gareth Bale saying, OK, I'm ready to, to join Tottenham and to leave Real Madrid. So it's a different situation. The same also for James Rodriguez. I think on last season he was losing some time. He was wasting some time playing for Real Madrid because Zidane didn't want him. He was not happy at Real Madrid. He needs to be a star in a team and having moved to Everton is perfect for him. So I think Real Madrid have a perfect team to fight for the Champions League and they will go for the Champions League this season, yes. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another team, obviously, in Spain, in, in Barcelona, they're in with Juventus, Dinamo Kiev and, and Ferenc Varos of, of Hungary as well. I mean, one of the, the big transfer stories this summer was Lionel Messi causing a, a lot of disruption with his demands to leave. And Barca seemed to be a little bit of a, a mess of a club off the pitch, even though they managed to keep him. Again, though, they, they didn't have a, a huge amount of money to do exactly what Ronald Koeman wanted to do in the market. So, again, do, do you make them genuine contenders in Europe? In my opinion, I see it really difficult to see Barcelona winning the Champions League this season. They can fight for the Liga, obviously, but for the Champions League, I think it's really difficult just because, as you said, they wanted a revolution. The night against Bayern Munich was something terrible. They can never forget something like this for a club like Barcelona having a night like this in Champions League. So uh, after this kind of defeat, we were expecting something new from Barcelona. As we say, the revolution, not just about the manager, but also about the players who were expecting new strikers, new midfielders, a new era for Barcelona. And, and it's not like this because they just signed Sergio Dest. Okay, they did something interested, also another players, but it was not a real revolution. They sold for free players like Vidal, like Rakitic, like Luis Suarez himself. They were changing, but they have no new stars in this moment. They bring back 
players like Coutinho, but I say this year for Barcelona also because of the Messi situation, as you said. It is a particular year. They are trying to understand what will happen on next year in March when they will have the election for the new president, the new board. I expect also possible a new manager. We have to see what will do Ronald Koeman. But when a new president arrives, he always wants a new manager. So we have to understand what will happen in March. But in my opinion, this season for Barcelona is like, okay, let's start to change. Let's sell players as they did. But they are preparing a new revolution for next season with a new president, with a new board, with a new team. And also, we have to see if with or without Leo Messi. And losing Leo Messi would be something really crazy in transfers world, but in football world, in my opinion. Yeah, Felipe Coutinho as well, another player that Liverpool fans will know really well. I mean, how close did he come to, to leaving Barca this summer? And how much of a big difference do you think now that he's stayed could he make? Before that, Barca decided to to, to point like Ronald Koeman as new manager. They were considering to sell Coutinho. So he wasn't the least to leave the club. His agents were working to offer the player to Tottenham, to Arsenal. Arsenal were really close to sign Coutinho at the start of August. They were ready. They said, OK, after the Champions League, let's decide. Let's see what happens with Barcelona. But they were ready to try, really, for Felipe Coutinho, more than Tottenham. But what's happened is that when Ronald Koeman arrived, they said, OK, I want Coutinho in my team. He understood that it was really difficult also to sign other players, for, for example, Memphis Depay and more, was really difficult because of the economical situation of Barcelona and all over the world. So that's why I said, OK, let's keep Coutinho here. Don't sell Coutinho. Also because it was a loan with buy option, you know, this summer is, was really difficult to sell a player for 50 or 60 million euro. It was another time a loan with buy option, a paid loan, OK, but it's not an important opportunity to sign another player. That's why Barcelona said, OK, let's keep Coutinho. He's not moving. And, and that's it. And now it's time for Coutinho to, to show his qualities again for, for Barcelona. Usman Dembele as well. I believe that you said Liverpool tried to, to get him on loan earlier in the summer. I mean, how close did that deal ever come? Not so close, just because at the start of summer, Dembele said no to Liverpool. It was a possibility on loan, on simple loan with no buy option. They asked for a loan. And in this moment, Barcelona were considering this move just to let the player play because it was not really playing. It's not having fantastic times in Barcelona. So that's why the club was considering this option. And in September, they changed their position because they were needing money to send the pie. So it was a really different moment for Barcelona. But always the player said no. He said no to Liverpool. Imagine that Juventus one, main, one month later, and Liverpool, it was in July, they had a meeting with the agent of Dembélé. They were trying to sign Dembélé. They offered him on a permanent deal, eh? on a permanent deal, including him in the, in the deal with, with Pjanic, with Artur, talking with Barcelona. They also wanted Dembélé. And the player said, no, it's not just a matter of money. I want to stay here. I want to stay in Barcelona. And then I don't want to extend my contract. So that was the other problem also to having this player on loan because he has just two years of contract with Barcelona. If you loan him out just for one season, you have him back on next summer with just one year of contract. And this is really a dangerous situation for a player you paid more than 100 million euro. So it's really, really dangerous situation. And that's why it was the player to say, I stay here and I will wait till the end of my contract. So let's see what will happen, because at the moment it's a really dangerous situation for Barcelona. Yeah, certainly a very good player and, and one to watch out for. You mentioned Juventus there as well. They're in the, the same group as Barcelona. And that means Cristiano Ronaldo coming up against Messi, of course, the star attractions there. But plenty of other interesting Juventus players as well. 
Yes, I think they have a good team. The the real question this summer for for Juventus and this uh, this season for Juventus is about Andrea Pirlo because it's the first time he's becoming a manager. He never did anything, not even with the academy, not even with young players. Never. He's the first experience as manager, so it's something absolutely new for Juventus. It's something absolutely new for top teams because it's really rare to see these kind of situations. So good luck to Andrea Pirlo. I'm sure he will do well as Juventus manager. But they have also a good team. We have to consider they are changing. They are changing also to go with young players. So it's a start of the revolution for Juventus. You can see players like Higuain and many others leaving the club. They are going to change also next summer. So Sami Khedira and many others, Blaise Matuidi, they are leaving the club. So it will be something really different for Juventus. But in my opinion, they've signed one of the best players of the world window. I would say with Akimi with Averts, with um, Thiago, obviously, but I would say also Juventus with Kuluseski, they signed a future star. In my opinion, he will be the new star of the Champions League this season because no one knows him outside from Italy, but trust me, he's a fantastic player this season. He was on loan to Parma and he was really on another planet. He was watching him playing was really fantastic. So I expect him to do something great with Juventus also in Champions League this season. You mentioned Andrea Pirlo there as well, their manager. It feels a bit to me a bit like if Steven Gerrard was potentially offered a chance at Liverpool in the future. He seems to have only got that position because of who he is. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, yes, it would be just because, you know, also depends by what kind of player he was, in my opinion, because if you talk about Steven Gerrard, we are talking about the legend for Liverpool. So, in my opinion, it's normal that the club would consider to have him as a manager in the future. So, he's part of football, also in the history, also many years ago. It was like this. And in my opinion, it's also the beauty of football to have your legend as a manager. He can have an opportunity. I think Gerrard is becoming a really good manager. So, I'm convinced for the future of Liverpool after Jurgen Klopp, he can be one of the names for, for, for Liverpool. At the same time, I'm convinced that also Pirlo, if you look at what did Andrea Pirlo as a player, what kind of person he is. Also, Juventus board, I talking with them and they told me, imagine when you have to, to have players like Cristiano Ronaldo, like Dybala, like Kuluseski, as I said, many top, top players. And sometimes you have to bench someone because Juventus is a different team from, for example, Liverpool. I remember Jurgen Klopp last time said Juventus, in my opinion, is one of the best teams in the world just because they don't have 11 fantastic players. They have like 20 fantastic players. It's so different as a team from Liverpool, in particular for attacking players. If you imagine a player like Douglas Costa was never playing with Juventus, Bernardeschi is a good player from the national team. He's never playing. He's never starting. So Juventus have many good players and you need the manager. Juventus board told me that sometimes can say to Cristiano Ronaldo, OK, we have to bench you. Well, the same for Tibala or the same for other players. And when you have Andrea Pirlo talking with you, it's something different. You can have this kind of feeling also for Cristiano Ronaldo is respecting a player, a man, a manager like Andrea Pirlo. So it's different, for example, by Mauricio Sarri, last season, the former Juventus manager, because he was in a different position. He was coming from also another world. You know, here in Italy, he was with small teams also, for example, Empoli, nothing so famous. So that's why it's difficult to have a relationship with this kind of players when you are not a top manager or a former legend of the club. When you are Andrea Pirlo, when you are Steven Gerrard, you can have a power, a different power also with the players. 
Yeah, and the, the final big European club that will come to them, Paris Saint-Germain, obviously in a group with RB Leipzig, Manchester United and, and Istanbul, Pazakseke as well. Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, the main men there. And I have to ask you about Mbappe in particular, of course, <laughs> Liverpool linked and, and credited with a, an interest in him all of the time. But do you think that could ever happen? Because you look at the financial difficulties even for someone like Real Madrid and you have to wonder how even they could afford him. Forget Liverpool. I have to be honest in this moment, if I would say, okay, yes or no, I will not be honest with, with your listeners and with your readers. That's because I don't know in this moment where is going Mbappé. We need to wait a bit. But I want to say, as you said, the financial situation for Liverpool is not so easy. If you want to buy Mbappé, you have to spend a lot of money, more than 200 million euros. You have to pay a fantastic wages for five years. So you have to prepare yourself to sign Mbappé. You can sign Mbappé like in two weeks, in one month, in two months. You have to prepare. And that's why I say pay attention to Real Madrid because not signing any player this summer would mean, okay, we will be back on next summer to sign a star. We are selling players. It's 40 million euros for Akimi. It's uh, 35 for Reguillon. It's, um, it, it's crazy with many other players, also with Gareth Bale. They hope to sell Gareth Bale this summer on a permanent deal. And they will go also with James Rodriguez with an important contract he left to, to, to join Overton. So that's why I say pay attention to Real Madrid because they are preparing their attempt to sign him. But won't be so easy just because the president of Paris Saint-Germain. And this is for Real Madrid and the same for Liverpool and the same for other clubs involved that we will see on next summer for Mbappé. But the president of Paris Saint-Germain, Marcelo Calafi, is trying to extend his contract. He's ready to make an important bid also to the player. So it will be a real fight to sign Kylian Mbappé. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the, the back for PSG, Thiago Silva, of course, departed to, to go to Chelsea. Do you think they're maybe a little bit vulnerable at the back or, or potentially if they got other players who could come in and, and fill the void because he was a, a big player for them? Yes, 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 yes. I was expecting Paris Saint-Germain to sign a top centre-back and to be honest, I was expecting more, for example, for, I don't know, players like Skriniar or players like Koulibaly, this kind of players for Paris Saint-Germain. They can't sign this kind of player this summer just because, as Leonardo said, it was a complicated situation also for financial situation, also for Paris Saint-Germain. So also for these kind of clubs was a crazy and difficult summer. But, but yes, they, they lost an important leader. He's not just a player. He was a leader for, for Paris Saint-Germain. He was the captain. So I think they will, they will lose something, yes, in defense. Also, the manager, Thomas Tuchel, is not so happy with the team, as he said many things. Also, before the deadline day, when they signed Rafinha and Moise Ken and more. But... Yes, in my opinion, they lost something. So, so yes, I don't see Paris Saint-Germain at the same level last year, but when you have Neymar, Mbappé, Icardi, you can have also a fantastic season. So they will try to win the Champions League, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we finish then, is there any other teams that you think could make it a shock impact this season, maybe that we haven't talked about already? No, I, I would expect something special again from Atalanta because I'm happy here in Italy we have a team who plays a fantastic football. The same for Borussia Dortmund in Germany. So pay attention to these two clubs. I expect Borussia Dortmund and Atalanta to have a good Champions League. Obviously, they can't win in my opinion, but they can try. They have young players, they have fast players, they have young top talents and this is the future in my opinion. So when you have teams like um, Borussia Dortmund with a Holland, with Sancho, and when you see Atalanta playing, in my opinion, Atalanta are doing something different. They have a new style. They are doing something great. They were two minutes 
that from from beating Paris Saint-Germain on, on the last Champions League. And it was something crazy. If you think that the most paid player in Atalanta is Papu Gomez with two million euros per season, it's something really, really crazy. So they are changing the mentality. They are showing as Borussia Dortmund that they can fight, they can try, they can trust in their talents. And that's why I hope to have some new teams like them, but they expect something good from Atalanta and, and also for, for Borussia Dortmund. And just finally then, in, in terms of Jürgen Klopp, I mean, how is he viewed in Italy? Because he's sort, done such a, a good job ho- over here, as you say, at Borussia Dortmund, but at Liverpool now as well. But, you know, how is he viewed in Italy? Is, is he one of the, the real top coaches now in the world? You mean the Liverpool? Yes, uh, yes, of course. Yes, yeah. we, have, we have the impression in this moment, Liverpool, with Bayern Munich, the best, the best club in the world in this moment. Yes, just because uh, you can see it's not just on the pitch, you know, and it's not just the work on the pitch, you know, how you can see the team. It's also the board, how they work, how they are organized with their manager. You see a structure, a fantastic structure when you talk about Liverpool and about Bayern Munich. So they have precise ideas. They exactly know what kind of players they need to sign. They need to sign. And I think they started something new about top teams also in the transfer market on last seasons because what they did is okay let's go for top targets so let's go for Alisson and we'll sign Alisson let's go for Mosala and we'll sign Mosala the same for Van Dijk the same for Naby Keita they decide for one player and they say okay this summer we can sign like two players not ten players but top ones our top targets and this is something new look at what Chelsea is trying to do they just want top targets and now also other clubs here in Italy in Spain same they are going with the same strategy not signing 10 players but signing 2 or 3 at top targets so it was something new for Liverpool they won everything so congrats to them because they started something new but I'm convinced they will continue because they are angry they are having fun when they play football and you can see it this is fantastic in my opinion and in here in Italy also we see Liverpool with Bayern Munich in this moment that's the best team in the world Yes, absolutely. Fabrizio, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever you need here, yeah, man. Thank you. With Liverpool having made a good start then to retaining their domestic league title, some of the focus can now turn to getting their European crown back to starting against Ajax tomorrow night. That's all we've got time for on today's episode of the Blood Red podcast. Thanks to Fabrizio Romano for joining me and to you at home for listening. But until next time here on the Blood Red channel, from me, Matt Addison, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.